Welcome to episode 160 of the Various and Sundry Podcast. I am your host, Matt Harmon, joined live from the Vault Studio on the beautiful campus of Grace College and Theological Seminary by my good friend, my colleague, my co-host, and the man who is moving into his new house. Yep. John Scott Sloat. Doc, what's happening? Well... We are recording on our normal Monday afternoon. That's nice. Yeah. Good change yeah. of pace. Yeah. Uh, but this is a busy week for us. Yeah, I know. We're, we got that public event coming up. Yes. We are doing our live episode in chapel here at Grace College. And what's becoming our yearly live uh, episode. Yes, this will be the second year in a row. So I think we're on the cusp of calling it annual. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about that. Yeah. A uh, little nervous about being in chapel because – I, I already do no preparation for this. Yeah. And doing it in front of people with no preparation is even uh, a bit scarier. Yeah. So, I mean, here's a thought. Uh, maybe a little prep before Thursday? I might do a little prep. Okay. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> okay. See if the mood strikes. Yeah. I mean, part of the ease of doing a podcast is, you know, we're currently in a studio by ourselves. So we don't really have any sense of how things that we say land and really it doesn't matter in one sense because there's not a live reaction. Oh, yeah. You know, when you've got a live audience, you feel way more pressure because you can see people either like kind of like enjoying it, being engaged in it, hearing them laugh at points oh, yeah. versus like, oh, man, there are crickets out there. Like this is bad. Oh, yeah. I know this more from preaching than anything, that, that when you tell a joke that that no one laughs at, it's just like – That's tough. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. What have I done? Yeah. How do I get out of this hole? Yeah. <laughs> Waiting for the stage to just sort of swallow you yep. alive. Yeah. So, uh, yes. Um, what are we talking about? We are talking about um, uh, determining God's will for your life. Okay. Yeah, so that's what we're talking about. We'll figure it out in 20, 25 minutes and yeah, yeah. go from there. Yes. So um, the we will obviously record that episode and that will drop next um, next Tuesday Yeah, as part of our normal rotation. It will just be a little more dated in terms of we – won't, we won't, for example, have been able to discuss the uh, championship weekend in the NFL. Oh, so, yeah. In any case. But, you know, we'll have the next – you know, since there's the break between the championship weekend and the Super Bowl, you know. We'll cover it the following yeah, week. Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? I mean, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. We we generally do. Yeah. We, we don't normally uh, – listen's the wrong word. Careful. Uh, obey, <laughs> obey demands from All listeners. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. We do listen. Yeah. Yeah. And we say thank you for your input. Yeah. And on the heels of that, if you'd like to contact the show, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at VNSPod. Email the show, variousandsundrypodcast at gmail.com. We are on Facebook and on YouTube. And uh, yeah, you know, you know the drill. Please leave us a rating, five stars, please, and a review. So, all right. You ready to talk some sports? Sure. So this weekend was the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Did you yep. watch any of this? I watched nothing. Okay. 
I'm I'm basically painting a house. That's basically or moving. So that's that's really all that's happening. In my that's house your right excuse now. this weekend. You mean? Yeah, this past weekend. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time, I'm just asleep. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. Um, so uh, four games. You had the uh, Chiefs over the Jaguars, and the Eagles um, blowing out the Giants. Yeah. On Saturday. And then uh, probably the most anticipated game was the Bengals and the Bills, and the Bengals won convincingly against the Bills in Buffalo. Yeah. Well, that that brought Joe Burrow's comments about, I never feel like I'm on the road. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he may feel that way. Yeah. Uh, and then the 49ers beat the Cowboys. So uh, AFC Championship then is Chiefs and Bengals, which is a rematch of last, last year's. year's. Yep. And it is again in – Kansas City, yep, which is where Cincinnati won last year, and with an injured Patrick Mahomes. Yes, I've not seen an update. High ankle, okay, yeah, high ankle sprain. Uh, so certainly his mobility is l- more limited than sure, normal. sure, but it, it could tilt that game. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Uh, and then in the NFC, you've got uh, Eagles and Niners. You want to go out on a limb and make a pick for? Uh, for those well, games? I believe I initially picked the Bengals to make the Super Bowl and to win it. Okay. So I'm going to stick with the Bengals. All right. That'll and, make Steve in Cincinnati happy. Well, and I, I'm okay saying I'm I'm pretty pleased with the way this is playing out for the Bengals. Okay. Uh, I think I think yeah they could certainly lose to Kansas City, but I also think they could easily win, and I think they can beat either of those two teams in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the uh. I would prefer that the Bengals win uh, in the AFC. And then on the NFC side, I think I'd prefer the uh, the Eagles just because I think it'd be a more entertaining game hmm. between the Eagles and the Bengals or the Eagles and the Chiefs for that matter. The 49ers are just so limited at quarterback. I know, I know Brock Purdy is this great story. He's you don't love the Brock irrelevant, Pur- but he's still Brock limited. Purdy, he's still limited. He's not a guy that if the 49ers are down – um, you know, 10 points early fourth quarter, you're like, oh, I have confidence he's going to bring him back. He's going to start airing it out five yeah, wide. And, exactly. That's mm-hmm. just not he, – he's not – he might end up developing in that direction, but they're still limited at quarterback. Yeah. You know, if the Bengals are down 10 early in the fourth quarter, you're like, oh, there's no doubt in my mind that Joe Burrow could bring them back. Mm-hmm. And it might even be likely, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so – uh, I just think it'll be a better football game between the Eagles and the Bengals. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll see a Bengals 49ers Super Bowl. Could I, be. That, that's my prediction on the NFC side is I think we're going to see the 49ers come out. Yeah, I just I just want I want a game that's more offensively oriented than defensive oriented sure. for my Super Bowl watching. Sure, I understand that. And I'm inclined to agree with you for my desires. Yeah. But what I actually think is going to happen, I think the 49ers are going to So you got happen. 49ers and Bengals. Yep. Okay. Um, I'm going to go Bengals and Eagles. Okay. And we both could be wrong. So who We knows? could. Who knows? We could. Um, I've not um, – I've not really picked up – Paying any much attention, I, I watch the occasional snip, occasional snippet of an NBA game these days. But I'm like, I'm not really following like who's um, leading the conference it, and that sort of thing because I don't really have a team I, that I strongly I, follow. I watched a good bit of the Celt, uh, the the Warriors at Celtics. 
Okay. Uh, the game that went into overtime. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Fun to see uh, two good teams battling it out. A rematch of the finals last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, I have watched a little bit more college basketball, though primarily Big Ten stuff. Um, Ohio State finally broke their five-game losing skid. That's Ugh. not good in college basketball. It's tough to recover from. Um, but uh, yeah, they started off 2-0 and in the conference and then lost five straight. And then they won this past weekend against Iowa. So um, yeah. Um, By the I, way, in the Cowboys game – that guy made two field goals and missed the extra point. I don't know if you saw that. But I, I, I did, we talked about that last week, I think. Yeah, I didn't. Um, I saw the two field goals he made. I didn't see the extra point. That My understanding is it got blocked. So oh, that's my understanding. Okay. But uh, my son who was watching it said he was going to miss it anyway. Like it was obvious from the way he hit the ball that he had already, he pulled it. He had hooked it hard. Really? Yeah, but it, it was blocked, so it didn't matter. Um, but yeah, I think, but he hit, he hit one from 43, you know, yeah. I mean, he, it, it's gotta be so mental. There, there is no way they have him as their kicker next year. Right. Unless they need to send him. I think they need to send him to a shrink and get him to work <laughs> through the yips, you know, cause he, cause he hit one from 43. I think his other was 35 and he's keeps missing these extra points. Yeah. He's got I, the yips. Yes. Which is serious, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. Chuck it's, Knobloch had the yips, couldn't throw the ball from. Yeah. Yeah, it's a it's a like legitimate psychological thing. Yeah, and I'm ha- sure it has a better name than the yips. Yeah. But uh, but um, kicker is like the the most um, disposable job in the NFL. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not uncommon for a team to ha- to to go through two or three kickers in a year. Yeah, you know they have a guy that they like. And he has a bad game where he misses a couple of field goals or something that costs you a game. The next week they bring somebody in, beats him out in some sort of competition in practice, and there's your new guy. And then you know six weeks later when that guy has a bad game, they bring in somebody else. It's it's also not uncommon for a team to get a good kicker. And hang on to him. Like grim death. <laughs> yes. Uh, Justin Tucker comes to mind. Yes. Morton Anderson comes to mind. Yeah. That... Or uh, Robbie Gould. Yeah. With the 49ers. The Bears had him and let him go. And then they hit this stretch where they had kickers who just missed key kicks. And so, um, yeah, uh, it's a weird position. It's yeah. A- Mike Vanderjack, although he was hitting the sauce a little bit while kicking. Uh, Adam Vinatieri kicked for like 30 years in the like league, it. It you know, like it. for yeah. two teams. Yeah. Patriots and Colts. Um, Martin Gramatica. Automatica Grammatica. <laughs> now he had a brother. There were two. There were two Grammatica brothers that kicked in the NFL. One of them pulled his hamstring celebrating. Do you that, was this? that was Martin Grammatica with, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, yeah. I believe. He yeah. hit a big field goal and he starts running around doing some celebration thing, and he pulls his hammy. I love it. <laughs> it's such a kicker thing. I love it. Yeah. So. Um, there's a lot of talk on sports radio this week about uh, hate of kickers in the NFL. Yeah. How much like the kicker shows up, does his 10 minutes, does his like yoga, yeah. and then goes to the golf course. <laughs> and how all the other players resent the kickers because they get paid yes. to go, go go play golf in training camp. Okay. But I'm going to give a partial defense, a very small partial defense of the kicker. There's not many more positions that have that pressure. 
Like quarterback? Yep. Oh, no, I totally agree. And who else? After the quarterback, no other position has that pressure, right? 100%. But but I just think it's funny. Like, you know, I I remember watching a a hard knocks and this guy that was running around talking to the camera and everything goes up to the kickers like, this guy ran in here because he knew you were going to be here. He hopped in the steam room so he looks sweaty. And now he's out here lifting three pounds of weight. Uh, this is kicker life, you know. And they're just totally trashing, him, yeah. trashing on the kicker. Yeah, but yeah, That's there's some hilarious. good. There's some good hate, I think, in, in NFL locker rooms of kickers. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, because you're right by comparison in terms of like the the difficulty of their practices and mm-hmm. training and workout is is nothing in terms of physical demands. Oh yeah. Compared to what all the other positions are basically doing. David Akers was another kicker. I remember when he missed a couple in like the NFC Championship game or something. Mm-hmm. He went and started doing jujitsu to like build his body up to to uh-huh. make more kicks. And then he was kind of like this like tackling machine. Like I think he made like four tackles on kickoff returns <laughs> the following year. And he he credited jujitsu that he was doing. Yeah, whatever whatever works, I suppose. Whatever works. Man. Yeah. What a fun what a fun topic. Yes, kickers. Yes, maybe that's a summer, whole summer episode. I think so. Maybe NFL <laughs> kickers that we remember from from uh, the 2000s and the 90s. Yeah, yeah. We haven't even talked about Sebastian Janikowski. Janikowski. I mean, he was with the Raiders. That was another one they held on, yeah. held on to for forever. Yeah, he's kind of a bigger guy too. He was. He was thicker for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah. Had a had a cannon for a leg. Oh yeah. So. All right, John, you ready to move on? I don't know. I kind of like the kicker talk. <laughs> but yeah, let's move on. I'm not sure the rest of our audience – there's certainly a segment of our audience that I know will not enjoy a discussion of kickers there. So we should probably move on. So today we are completing our series on the Trinity. We have spent three previous episodes uh, kind of giving a first week a general summary of the issue – uh, then second week, we talked about the Trinity in the New Testament. Third week, we talked about Trinity in the Old Testament. This week, we're going to do some church history and talk about uh, discussions of the Trinity within church history and how um, primarily we're going to focus honestly on on the heresies. Well, that, that's the whole reason we ended up with a concept of the Trinity, right? Uh, th- this became – uh, one of the issues, one of the things that gave rise to discussion of the Trinity was these different heresies that were popping up. Yeah. They were like, no, 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 not like that. I, yeah. I, I understand what you're trying to do, but you're not taking the whole counsel of Scripture into account. Right. And let's talk about these other things. And then we needed definitions to sort of put a number of these things together. And eventually, yeah. uh, the church came up with the word Trinity. Yeah. Tertullian, right? Tertullian? I believe so. How do you say it? Uh, honestly, I think I – when I'm teaching it – You just mumble? I pick a name <laughs> confidently and just and roll, roll with, with it. it. Yeah, uh, which I do that a lot. You do that with Augustine or Augustine? Uh, I usually do Augustine. Yeah, I, I, I feel like I tend to hear more people who are in that field a little bit more are Augustine, yeah. and more popular lover is Augustine. Unless I'm going to Saint Augustine, Florida. Yeah, then it's Augustine. Saint Augustine, you know, go Saint Augustine. No, I can't do that. Okay. The locals don't do that or the people that I meet there that claim to be locals don't do don't that. Don't do that. All right. Well, maybe their theological acumen is not exactly uh, 
forefront among their skill set. Do you know who there's a statue of in St. Augustine, by the way? Um, it's not It's not St. Augustine. No, no. Is it one of the explorers? Yeah, Spanish. Uh, is it Cortez? Nope. Um, I don't know. Ponce de Leon. De Leon, yeah. Yeah, I should have known that. Yeah, right in the middle Right in the middle of the square. Because that's would, where he landed, right? I believe so, yeah. I mean, that was the first settlement on the con- uh, on or first European settlement, I should say. Was he Spanish or French? Spanish. I'm. I'm like. Okay. I'm pretty sure he was Spanish. I mean, it's a Spanish city. Okay. All right. If you want to reach out to the show and correct our knowledge yeah. of, but explorers. there's a statue of him right there downtown. Okay. Saint Augustine. Yeah. Have you got named? A, have you taken a selfie with the picture yet? With the statue yet? I have not. I. I got. I got. I got grief for my wife for wanting to go see the statue to figure out who it was. <laughs> like, why do you want to do this? It's it's some guy. Why? It's why some guy. <laughs> why do you want to go know who that is? I was like, I just want to know. It was Ponce de Leon. Some guy. <laughs> All right. So, uh, speaking of some guys, yeah. Uh, let's talk heresies. Yeah. Uh, boy, you want to start with the big one first. The, the one that kicked off Nicaea, basically? Yeah, let's start there. Okay. So the first big heresy uh, that, that really came up, and there were a lot of them, uh, but uh, the first big one that came up that kicked off uh, Nicaea was this guy named Arius. Uh, and Arius would have been this uh, individual that denied uh, the deity of the sun mm-hmm. uh, specifically. Yeah. Uh, and so a fellow by the name of uh, Athanasius. How do you pronounce that? Yeah, that's right. Athanasius mm-hmm. uh, pushed back against him. Eventually, there's a good bit of debate. They come together and they write the Nicene Creed. Um, but he's the big one mm-hmm. that everybody thinks of. Yeah, for sure. Um, he he placed a lot of emphasis on um, language, like in Colossians, of of, of Christ being the firstborn of creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and even looking at uh, Proverbs 8 and its description of wisdom and saying, well, if that's referring to Christ, that looks like a created being to me rather than um, you know, a, uh, a person within a godhead. So uh, Arianism was kind of the, the major heresy that um, I think began to provoke more specific reflection on how do we articulate the doctrine of the Trinity mm-hmm. um, and and do so in a way that is faithful to Scripture, but also takes seriously, like you said, the, the sort of the totality of the scriptural witness and not just sort of cherry-picking verses. Sure. And uh, Arianism did not go away after Nicaea. No. It was, it was s- pushed to the outer rim. And mm-hmm. so when we see these barbarians come in, and start ruling over different parts of uh, the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. Uh, they come in and they're they're Aryan, uh, basically. And even down into the per, uh, Persian Gulf, uh, the, the uh, Arabian Peninsula, the, a good bit of Arianism made its way there uh, long before, uh, definitely before uh, Islam mm-hmm. made its mark on the Arabian Peninsula as well. Yeah. So those different Arianism did not go away. Yeah. Like everybody just listened to. The decision of this council, and yeah. it just oh, it's never that simple. All right, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was it was just pushed to the margins. Never that simple. Um, yeah, I think, um, and 
cut this later on the show notes, but it's a good place to mention it now. Um, it, there's a very real sense in which Arianism is alive and well today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, basically, your Mormons and your your Jehovah's Witnesses are Arian in yeah. their heritage, at least a form of it. Yeah, for a sure, form of Arianism. Um, and when you uh, and they will make even some of the same arguments mm-hmm. that uh, Arius and his followers made all the way back in the fourth century. Yeah, look at looking at Jesus' need for food and sleep and these different mm-hmm. things. Yeah, so um, I think that's good and helpful to mention because sometimes people can be like, "Oh, this is so abstract. What's the practical?" Like, well, you know, when that Jehovah's Witness or that Mormon comes knocking on your door, oh yeah, ha- ha- having some some Trinitarian foundations can help you uh, have a uh, a more knowledgeable conversation and not to be deceived by. Yeah. What can seem like very biblical sounding or scriptural sounding language that they might use to talk about Jesus. Yeah. Um, do you get Mormons in your neighborhood? I've not had any Mormons. Um, years ago, I had uh, I, we we got on the Jehovah's Witnesses uh, radar. Oh, really? I've told you the story, haven't I? I think I have. Maybe it's a good story. <laughs> I'll, I'll condense it. Okay. You know, so they show up. And it's these two sweet older women. At your house here at in Warsaw? House. Yeah. So this okay. is after I'd been – lived in, in Warsaw like a few years, maybe two or three years. And they show up at my door. And you know, one of their opening lines is sort of they, they read to you from, uh, from Isaiah about the uh, – about new creation you know, no more, and, and revelation. Like, no more sickness, no more death. Like, and it's sort of a, well, won't it be great to live at a place like this? And I'm like – Absolutely. I'm looking forward to that, knowing that they're Jehovah's Witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, they hand you the literature and you see, you know, Watchtower. You're like, oh, oh yeah, there we go. We're, we're JWs here. Um, and so they're like, um, would you mind if one of our uh, – if someone came by to talk with you more about this? Sure. Send them along. Uh, so they sent a guy uh, about a, about two weeks later. And um, we had a brief conversation, and he figured out pretty quick he was he was over his head. <laughs> <laughs> so, like two weeks uh. later, this older guy shows up, and he's like one of the elders in the uh, congregation of Jehovah's Witnesses here in town. And he he was he was ethnically Jewish, actually. Interestingly enough, became a JW while in Israel. Wow, weird story. And so he's, you know, he's, and I, at this point, I have not told them who I am or what I do. <laughs> mean they didn't just know? No, <laughs> no. Uh, and so, um, he he starts in a spiel about you know John one, and I'm just trying to play it real coy, and he starts trying to explain, well, you know, in the Greek text, you know, it, it, it I'm like, you know, actually, I I don't think that's right. He's like, well, what do you mean? Like, well, I've got a Greek New Testament. Uh, let me just go ahead and grab it, and then we can we can talk about it. And he gets kind of the wide eyes, and and so we start talking about that. And he's, you know, he's he's kind of ready for Christian responses to mm-hmm. arguments against that. And so, you know, he's going off into other tangents. And I'm like, okay, look, dude, I didn't say dude, but I said, look, here's the bottom line. It all comes down to who Jesus is. That's the like we can talk about other things, but it all comes down to who Jesus is. And so I said, I want to take you to a passage where I think the deity of Jesus is clear. 
And so I'm sure he's thinking about all these different passages I could go to. So I go to 1 Corinthians 8 Mm -hmm. where Paul basically restates the Shema and identifies the one God as the Father and one Lord as Jesus. And so I go there and I read through that and I said to him – now, he's clearly referring to the Shema. And this is this guy's Jewish. So yeah, he's familiar yeah. with the Shema. That, that's a good connection. Yeah. And I said, it sure seems like what he's doing here is he's going back to the Shema and he's reading what he says, when you see God, you see Father, and when you see Lord, you see Jesus. And his face just gets red. And he's like, that can't be what it means. Then what does it mean? Help me understand. If it doesn't mean this, tell me what it means. He had never heard that argument. In all his years of like having conversations with Christians about the deity of Jesus, no one had ever taken him. So he wasn't ready. He was ready for John 1. He was ready for Philippians 2 and all these sorts of things, but not ready for 1 Corinthians 8. And he got – he's like, it can't mean that. Okay. Then what does it mean? And that about ended our conversation, and I did not get visited by the Jehovah's Witnesses for another I'm, I'm, 10 years. I'm sure there's a big X on your house <laughs> on the map. Yeah, On the Harmon household. Anyway, um, that was kind of fun. I felt bad for him. I was willing to keep, keep having the conversation, but that, that kind of put, put the brakes on it. So. Yeah. When somebody starts turning red and uh, yeah. getting visibly angry yeah, and upset, yeah, that, that ends a conversation pretty yeah. quickly. Let's move on to our next heresy here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a lesser known one that was also trying to be dealt with in Nicaea, mm-hmm. um, as well as other early uh, creeds. Um, and, and I should say, often we talk about Nicaea in a way where it's just with Arius, yeah. right? It's just Arianism that they're dealing with. Right. The truth of the matter is they're dealing with like three to five uh, of these different heresies, right? Yeah. And so they're 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 trying to craft a statement that finds that finds that uh finds that right space mm-hmm. that uh, articulates what scripture says uh and uh sort of not defeats but but excludes excludes these these other groups. So the second one that they were trying to work with uh that would deny uh, the trinity as we know it today uh, would be tritheism. Yeah. Uh basically that there are Three gods: the Father God, yeah. the Son God, yeah. uh, and the, the Holy Spirit God. Yeah, not as common and didn't tend to have much lasting power there. Um, uh, and then uh, some form of subordinationism is another one. The Son is eternal and divine, but not equal to the Father in being or attributes. Mm-hmm. So saying, yeah, yeah, the Son is God. But he's still not fully equal to the Father. Um, probably more common, though, is this next one uh, is it goes by different names. We could go further into the weeds, but uh, either modalism or sometimes referred to as Sabellianism. So th- this would claim that there is one God, yeah, right. But but he shows up in different forms. Yes, yeah, different so, modes. Exactly. So at times. Uh, you know, God acts as the Father, and then at times He acts as the Son, mm-hmm. and then other times acts as the Spirit. So there are not three distinct persons within the one God. It's just one God, and then it's putting on three different masks or three different roles, mm-hmm. but not uh, distinct persons. And you know, we we don't see a ton of tritheism today. No, um, we don't see it. 
I don't think we see a ton of subordinationism uh, subordinationism today. Well, I, I'll just mention in passing, I don't want to get into this, but sure. there is a contemporary Trinitarian controversy in terms of uh, something referred to as uh, the eternal functional subordination of the sun. Have you heard of this? I have. Okay. I don't want to get into the I haven't the read a ton it. about it. But, but basically, uh, opponents of that view charge advocates of each, the eternal functional, uh, functional subordination of the sun with this subordinationism. Hmm. Anyway, that's uh, a whole area that we don't need to get into. Yeah, maybe f- maybe for our Patreon supporters, we'll do an episode <laughs> on that or something. Um, <laughs> yeah, the ones that don't exist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but modalism, yeah, we see that a bit today. Yeah, we do. And, and some of these – here's the thing. Some of these are not sort of like formal views that people advocate today. It's sort of the functional view that we might find in the pews. Sure, sure. Yeah, I think there's a functional modalism that happens. I think we mentioned that on the very first episode about this uh, – of this series. Like yeah. there is a functional modalism that takes place in the pew. For sure. Um, but there, there are some and, – and I think of a, of a fellow down in Texas who, who definitely holds this view. I'm not clear who you're thinking. Bishop T.D. Jakes oh, yeah, yeah, holds yeah. this view. He's in Texas, he, he's right? He's a, um, uh, a oneness Pentecostal I think is the, the category that – yeah, that that would fit. You're right. Yeah, that's not very common. But it's a, a, there is a form of Pentecostalism that is basically a form of modalism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he does, he does hold that view, right? I think so. Yeah, because I, I remember him being charged with that view. Yeah. Um, a number of years ago. And he does – I mean he shows up on TV pretty regularly oh, yeah. and a pretty mainstream fella. Yeah. Well, I mean there was the big – you remember the, the controversy around the, the, the elephant room. Yeah, that, I wasn't going to bring it up. That but that's where he was Mac- charged James with that. James McDonald yeah. hosted, yes. Um, yeah. And him and Mark Driscoll – Mark Driscoll and T.D. Jakes went at it over this, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Stephen Furtick was there. Oh, yuck. That was skinny Furtick though. <laughs> That wasn't Jack Furtick. It was yeah. Skinny Furtick. And him and Chandler went at it for a while. Yeah. What a world. Man. What a world. Not quite the heavyweights that say, I don't know, Augustine and Athanasius mm-hmm. and Gregory of Nanzianus would be. Yeah. <laughs> but also not the physical specimen probably that uh, Furtick is. So. Yeah. I mean Furtick is Jack. Has a great yeah. haircut. Good shoes. Yes, he does. OK. Uh, adoptionism is kind of the last one we've got listed here. Uh, the idea that Jesus was a perfect human being whom God adopted as his son. So it was not eternal, was not um, you know, in any way divine. But because of his obedience, God <clears throat> chooses to adopt him. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, a lot, lot of problems there. Yeah, I don't know tons, anybody that holds that tons. view. Um, there – yeah, there's a strain of it actually in very, very, very critical New Testament scholarship. Not so much in the pews, but in in some critical New Testament scholarship, oh. they would say that's what the New Testament teaches. Wow, I think they're wrong, but um, interesting. I, I, instead of ending just on the note of heresy with this series, I think it'd be helpful. I wanted to read just a couple of uh, excerpts from two creeds. One is the Nicene Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, that really <clears throat> deals with, at least in part, um, 
this issue, like the Nicene Creed, the the primary line that deals with this uh, is really the second clause of it, right? Uh, One Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father by whom all things were made. I, anytime I read that, I always chuckle a little bit because I'm thinking, man, they are doing some gymnastics to, all right, we're going to exclude this heresy. Yeah, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll exclude this one. Yeah. We want to make sure we say begotten because that's the word the New Testament uses, yeah. but not made because that's this heresy, you know. Yes. And so they're, they're kind of yeah. making then, their way through And it. then, you know, controversies continued. And then uh, the Athanasian Creed, um, which probably was not written by Athanasius, um, but had his name thrown attached to it. Um, I, this, this is even more. I mean, listen to this. We worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confounding the persons nor dividing the substance. For there is one person of the Father, another of the Son, and another of the Holy Spirit. But the Godhead of the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit is all one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, and the Holy Spirit uncreated. And then it goes through that kind of thing for several more lines about uh, the Father incomprehensible, etc., the Father eternal, Son eternal, etc. And yet they are not three eternals, but one eternal, as also there are not three uncreated nor three incomprehensible, but one uncreated and one incomprehensible. So you see what they're doing. Oh, yeah. They're going back and forth between oneness and yet some kind of threeness mm-hmm. within the Godhead. Um, uh there are not three almighties, but one almighty. And so back and forth, back and forth, there are not three lords, but one lord. Um, for like as we are compelled by the Christian verity to acknowledge every person by himself to be God and Lord. So we are forbidden by uh, the Catholic religion, small c Catholic, there are three gods or three lords. So going back and forth to try to parse that out um, – so in any case, that, that's a simple Google search will find that document there. So, um, yeah, I, and, and takeaways. I, th- I I actually like the way he jumps back and forth uh, between the oneness and the threeness. Like, I, yeah, I think you got to constantly be talking about both to actually get the Trinity right. Yeah, for sure. I, I I don't think you can leave them. You know, sort of as I think we've done in at least at least uh, Protestantism in the West kind of said, yeah, the Trinity's out there, but yeah. we don't we never talk about it. If if we, we need to be talking about it. And I think you gotta talk about it the way uh whoever wrote the Athanasian Creed <laughs> talks about it, where it's like, yes, there's three, yes, there's one, and mm-hmm. we gotta put those two things together. Right. And yeah. yes it's con- yes it's confounding. Yeah. I, I do think there is a need for uh clearer teaching on the Trinity within most evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. Um, not that every Christian has to have this like perfectly precise uh, statement on the Trinity. I, sure. I, but there there needs to be better uh, work done in terms of 
explaining the doctrine of the Trinity. And here's where we might even say, uh, we interested in your thoughts on this. This might be an, a weakness of expository preaching. Yes. Because if you're just Ab- expositing the text and not then moving into theological reflection and exposition of, okay, you know, so if you get to a text like the Great Commission in mm-hmm. Matthew 28 or even uh, even in the Old Testament, you know, you've got uh, texts where you're like, okay, let us make man. Those are opportunities if you're a pastor or a teacher or a small group leader or whatever to, to as a side note, say, now let's review what we understand about God here. There's one God. There's three persons. Do you see how this text is hinting at plurality within the oh, Godhead yeah. and yet affirming there's one God? Um, and so I think – Maybe pastors who are committed to expositional preaching need to be uh, a little bit more uh, opportunistic in when they get to texts that deal with Trinitarian interactions to be able to say, now, let's remember, here's what we're seeing here, Father, Son, and Spirit. Here's how they interact. Here's what we're seeing, and not just strictly speak to the direct language of the text. Yeah. No, I think that, I think that's totally right. Yeah. Um, and Part of the reason we, we needed these creeds was because a number of these heresies, Arius, the, the people advocating for tritheism, all, mm-hmm. all those, were using scripture. Yeah, for sure. We're using proof text. We're going yeah. to see, see, look at this, look at the scripture. And so they're like, well, hold on. Let's take all that scripture has to say mm-hmm. and coming up with our own words for it. Yeah. Um, and that's how we ended up with some of these creeds and, and words like Trinity. Yeah. Or even, you know, one essence or one substance and three Subsistences, or, yeah. you know, like very God very, of very God, and, yeah, yeah, all that kind of language. Mm-hmm. So, all right, uh, one resource that I've been reading through, I'm not quite finished yet, but almost. It's probably not the easiest read. I'd say it's sort of like middle ground, like seminary student capable, but you know, layperson. It's a stretch. A stretch. A well-read layperson can handle it. Is a That's book funny with the name? Yeah, is a book called Simply Trinity. Um, yeah, I think a. I think a. A well-read layperson can handle it for sure. Hmm. Um, by Matthew Barrett uh, is good. It's long. It's a little over three hundred pages, but it's an attempt to recover classical uh, Trinitarianism. So. Awesome. All right, so you ready to move on? Uh, sure. Time now for this day in sports history. All right, today in sports history, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. Yeah, where has the time gone? Also, episode 160. It feels like every 10 episodes I got to be like, how did we get here? <laughs> um, yeah. I, we, we just keep showing up every week. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, which look, is the recipe for greatness. Yeah. yeah let, let's be honest. We didn't expect to do a weekly podcast, but we got into the rhythm early and now it's all about keeping the streak alive. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> um, in, in every holiday season, every Christmas, I'm kind of like, this is when it's going to fail. Yeah. This is when we're going to lose it. Or around vacations and in yeah. the summer, summer. That's, a, that's another time where I'm like, yeah. Or when you go to Europe this summer. Yeah, we have not thought through that one yet. Well, and you're going to be. I'll be in Manhattan. Manhattan, yeah. Mm-hmm. We, we both might be chartering planes to Columbus about that time as well. <laughs> yes. So. Yeah. Oh, anyway. All right. Back to this day in okay. sports history. Uh, January 24th, 2023. Um, 1984 Super Bowl. Let me do the Roman. Can you do num- your Roman numerals? Oh my goodness! Uh, uh, 18. There you go. Uh, Tampa Bay Stadium. 
Tampa, Florida, the Los Angeles Raiders beat the Redskins in a close 38-9. to yeah. <laughs> uh, MVP Marcus Allen. Mm-hmm. I do remember watching that Super Bowl. I was 11. No, okay. well, not, I hadn't turned 11 yet. I was 10. Uh, yeah, all I know is Marcus Allen went to USC mm-hmm. right behind uh, OJ. OJ Simpson. Yeah. Yep. Uh, 1988, year I was born. Yeah. Uh, defending championship, uh, excuse me, defending champion Mike Tyson beats former Tiger holder Larry Holmes by TKO in uh, round number four at the convention center in Atlantic City uh, to retain his undisputed heavyweight boxing title. Yeah. That was right in the wheelhouse of Mike Tyson's. Uh... Did you watch that fight? No. Were you, have you ever watched a boxing match? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this was really – that was probably around the time that pay-per-view really started to take over boxing. Hmm. Before that, you could still see boxing matches. Uh, on cable? On cable or even on even on major broadcast networks like ABC's Wide World, Wide World, of, Wide World of Sports hmm. would uh, carry those sometimes. Yeah. OK. Uh, I don't know. I've seen a couple on, on some cable – Channels, but nothing big. I've never seen a title no, fight before. E- ESPN has low, lower level boxing matches still on. Yeah, I've done a pay per view for like a UFC fight one time, but that was it. Anyway, all right, moving on. <laughs> you didn't look interested in engaging that topic at I, all. I don't like UFC. Um, Though, can I say one thing? I, I haven't. Have you seen these slapping competitions? Uh, I feel like I saw them on so, like, Facebook a few years ago. So like two people standing across from a table, right? And I think yeah. this originated in Russia. Like the original ones are like these two, you know, two big Russian men, and they've got a bottle of vodka nearby. So they're like, you know, pounding the vodka, and it's an open hand slap to the face, and they keep going back and forth until you, somebody gets knocked out or just kind of quits. <laughs> they are fascinating. I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> um, I do remember seeing those video clips of like these guys, these big guys getting slapped oh, and yeah. like they stumble backwards yeah. and yeah. Uh, it's horrifying. But I never thought you'd be into that. Uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. Uh, yeah. And I didn't know they drank big swaths of vodka in the midst of it. But I don't know why I find that surprising. Uh, 1989, uh, Super Bowl Twenty Three. Uh, Joe Robbie Stadium, Miami, Florida. It's always fun to read these stadiums that I've never heard of. Yeah. Joe Robbie, mm-hmm. never heard of it. Uh, San Francisco 49ers beat the Bengals. Could be a fun Super Bowl rematch it this year. It could be. They've played twice in the Super Bowl before. Uh, 20 to 16. Jerry Rice is the MVP. Yeah. Um, that game. Uh, Cincinnati led late and Joe Montana led the drive and they scored I think with under a minute to go maybe under yeah about a minute to uh, go and Jerry Rice played for like another 10 years oh yeah, yeah. I mean he Though, was Jerry Rice did not catch the winning touchdown pass John hmm. Taylor did uh, 2006 alright we're getting more current here uh, Kobe Bryant scores 81 that's a big number 81 in a 122-104 Lakers win over the Toronto Rappers Gosh. <laughs> it's not the rappers. Sorry. Uh, Rap- Raptors. 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 Uh, second highest game total in NBA history behind only Wilt. 100-point game in 1962. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's remarkable. Uh, I 
I think I heard you that. You know his shooting percentage? Listen, listen to his. He was 28 of 46 from the field. That's a lot of that's, shots. That's a lot of shots, but that's a high percentage too. <laughs> that's a good, yeah. And he was 7 of 13 from three-point range and 18 of 20 from the free throw line. Wow. It's impressive. Yeah. Uh, 2018, the New Orleans Pelicans, DeMarcus Cousins has 44 points, 24 rebounds, and 10 assists. That's a huge game. It is. Uh in a 132-128 double overtime win over the Chicago Bulls, first player since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in 1972 with 40-plus points, 20-plus rebounds, and 10-plus assists. Yeah. That's impressive. Boogie Cousins there. Boogie Cousins. I uh, I wish he hadn't gotten injured because I think he was he was a really good player. Yeah. Yeah. He's a shell of what he was now. Yeah. But Where's he at now? That's a good question. Is he with the Clippers? Feels like he's a guy with the Clippers now. I don't know. I don't the know. The Clippers where he... just sort of stay off my radar. Yeah. Even though they've got uh, Kawhi Leonard and uh, Paul, Paul George. George. Yeah. Like they just aren't on my radar. What happened to that? Because that they had the the Microsoft owner guy, right? Uh, Balmer. Balmer. I think he sold the team. Did he? I think so because there, there were allegations. I think that were more than allegations of some racist comments or. Behavior. Really? Because their previous owner went down for that too. I thought Balmer was the guy that went down for that. No, no. A previous guy went down for that and then Balmer bought them. Oh, OK. OK. Sure. OK. Uh, who you got here? I mean Kobe's hard to Yeah, it's hard to, hard to turn down 81 points. Uh, yeah, 81 points. And I remember when that – I was that 2006? Yeah. I remember when that – Happened. So you would have been like a senior in high school. Did you graduate in 2006? From I did. High school? Yeah, I would have yeah, been a senior been in high school. So, yeah. Senior in high school, 2006. That's such a big number. And that was before you moved here, right? Yeah, six months before I moved here. Yeah. Had you interviewed here yet? No. Did you take the 81 points as a sign? <laughs> Head to basketball country in Indiana? Uh, no, I did not. No, okay. So Kobe Bryant, it is. One thing you liked. Uh, so uh, I, I recently started listening again, and I've probably mentioned this as one thing I liked before. Uh, I've started listening through Lord of the Rings again uh, as an audiobook. Um, and up until recently, they, the only audio recording that existed that I'm aware of of the full unabridged text was a 1965 recording. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, until 2020, 2019, somewhere in that ballpark – Andy Serkis did a full recording, uh, and Andy Serkis, of course, played Gollum. Gollum yeah, uh, and he's magnificent. Oh yeah, at, at this, and yeah. he does voices really well, and um, he's uh, he's great. Uh, so I've been listening through that. I'm almost through the Fellowship again. Okay, so good. And what is that available on? That's on Scribd. It is on Scribd. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in fact, I was in uh, flying back and forth to Fort Myer this last week. And that's basically all I listen to while waiting for planes, boarding planes, sitting mm-hmm. on planes. I listened to that whole thing through. It was great. Excellent. Excellent. So uh, for me, my lovely bride and I went to see the movie A Man Called I, I knew you would. When I saw the commercials for it, I'm like, this is based on – It is based on the Frederick Bachman book uh, A Man Called Ove. Swedish – originally a Swedish novel translated into English. Mm-hmm. Uh it's one of my contemporary favorites. Yeah. And so uh, they made it into a movie. Did they Americanize it? Yes, they did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and 
you know, if you have a an appropriate understanding of the limitations of what you can do in a movie versus a book, it's a really good movie. Um, I it it it's a bit of a tearjerker, um, but it also has very funny moments in it as well. Yeah. So it's it was a good adaptation of the book. What was it a good um, American? Did they do did they do the book justice? I guess is yeah, what I'm I think asking. so. I mean, okay. as much as a movie can. Sure. Sure. I mean, part of the challenge is is that Bachman is so good on the character development front, and in movies you just don't have the time typically to really yeah. develop the characters as much. And so at points it felt rushed. Like, oh, we're to this already. Oh, we're to this already. Like whereas in the book, it's a little slower pace. You see more character development. But Tom Hanks is terrific. And the uh, the woman who plays the uh, the most prominent neighbor mm-hmm. is really good. Hmm. So and they did a good job of adapting the American to the American context. Um, Where does it take place? Um, do they say? It might be in – is it in Pittsburgh? Oh. I think it's I, – I, it, the location is not really that prominent to okay. the story. Okay. So um, I think it was in, in Pittsburgh. But uh, yeah, very well done. Tom Hanks is terrific. He plays a good cranky old man. Yeah, well, he's getting um, to the proper age to yeah. be a cranky old man. Now, uh, I, I will give our listeners a warning. Um, you know, the book does have suicide attempts in it, uh, and you know, the the movie shows them, hmm. um, and they're relatively, you know, they're realistic. Yeah. And so, if that's something that would be upsetting to you, or then this is not the movie for you. So it's just a, a good heads up of because when you watch. The previews, you wouldn't know it. And so I've seen some criticisms of people being like, I went to see this movie. I thought it was going to be really lighthearted and there are four suicide attempts in it. That's not what yeah. I signed up for. Yeah. So uh, fair warning. Um, but it's it, there is humor in it and it's it. there's a lot of uh, – there is a redemptive aspect that comes in. It's not a Christian movie at all but it does show the power of – uh, what happens if someone is able to gain or discover purpose in life as well as experience genuine community? Would you read the book and then see the movie yes, or would you see the movie yes. then no, read no, the book? No, 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 Read the book. A Man Called Ove. A Man Called Ove. The movie is A Man Called Otto. OK. So there it is. All right, John. We are over the 50-minute mark. We did a lot. Yes, we tried to do a lot whether we were successful or not. We'll let our listeners be the judge. We have talked uh, NFL playoffs. We've talked the Trinity Part 4, all the ways that you might be a heretic included. Uh, we have talked Kobe Bryant dropping 81 on the rap tours. Rap tours. Not the rappers. Sorry. If it was the rappers, he probably would have dropped 181 yeah. on them. So, yeah, Drake goes to a lot of their games. So. That's true. Yeah. That's true. And we talked about um, John re-listening to the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, being read by Andy. It's Circus, right? Circus, Circus. Yeah. yeah. And we talked about a man called Otto. And so by definition, we have talked our various and sundry topics. And so all that's left to say is until next time, the Lord bless you all real good. Later. Later.